Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe ventilation system exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe ventilation system. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey everybody, welcome to Battleground. Uh, today I've got a great guest. His name is Daniel Turner. Uh, Daniel Turner is a, is just an amazing, amazing guy. He's the founder and CEO of Power of the Future. And if you know me, if you paid attention to my campaigns, uh, both for Congress and the Senate, that you then you know uh, what a, a true believer that that I am in. American energy independence, but not just independence, energy dominance. It's critically important for a litany of different reasons. Uh, Daniel is a guy that understands that, and we are honored to have him with us today. Daniel, welcome to the show. Oh, it's great to be on with you, Sean. I really am. I'm grateful to be with you. I've followed you for a very long time, so to be on your program is kind of an honor, so thank you. Yeah, I I appreciate it, man. And and like I said, like your your Twitter, like you're a pipe hitter when it comes to this stuff. You pull no punches. And I mean, I want to dive into all this stuff, but one of the things that that you do and you do so well is is I think you understand the underpinnings of what the radical green movement is all about and mm-hmm. that it's not about, you know, protecting the climate. It's not about you know, regulating a a proper global temperature, it's rooted in control, and I think ultimately communism. So, can can we start there? Is that okay with you? Yeah, no, I I agree with you one hundred percent. And and I've been saying these things for a while, and sometimes people think you're crazy when you say this. But then, in the last couple of years, something amazing happened that Americans uh, and people worldwide experienced. And and it's a perfect analogy, as tragic as it is, it's a perfect analogy of what the Greens have been trying to do for decades. And that thing is COVID. 
And and under the guise of public health, you suddenly saw the state step in uh, with with tremendous uh, uh, abuse of power, with with exceptions for the elite. You know, the way John Kerry gets to fly his private jet is the way that mayors and governors were able to still go to Cabo San Lucas, where they told their residents they had a lockdown. Right there was uh, the, the the confiscation of private property, the the uh, a total abuse of of civil rights. You can't go to church on Sunday. Why? Because of COVID, and and. So so COVID is a great analogy of how when the state wants control, they will use whatever pretext. And in COVID, they used public health. But the Greens have been using, you know, the environment. And for you, heck, just look right now on social media because of the fires. The East Coast is experiencing the smoke from <laughs> the Canadian fires. And what is everyone saying? AOC, Pete Buttigieg, all of them are saying it's all climate change. And this is what we have to do to fix it. And what we have to do is steal your property and trample on your civil liberties. You are so right about about this. It's like as soon as as soon as you saw the pictures from New York City and the skyline in New York City being affected by these Canadian wildfires, the first thing that I thought is how is the radical left going to how's the radical left going to leverage this to push the climate agenda even further. And like within 20 minutes of me thinking that you had Justin Trudeau out there on Twitter, uh, the Canadian prime minister talking about how these fires were caused by climate change. And you had all these radical greens in this country talking about, you know, uh, these fires are caused by climate change. And in order to fix that, we need to completely dismantle the fossil fuel industry. Never mind the fact if we, if we did something like that, millions and millions of people would starve worldwide but 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 if that's if that's their ultimate goal and and i'm sorry and i don't mean to sound like a crazy a crazy person here but radical green movement has talked about the earth being overpopulated so in a weird way like all of their strategic goals here with regards to the climate agenda and dismantling the fossil fuel industry and and you know preferring instead to leverage you know wind and solar which is highly unreliable will lead to poor people becoming more poor and hurt their ability to feed their families and and in places in developing nations like africa people will die people will starve absolutely yeah and 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 they're totally fine with that um you know the 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 fires in cal in 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 canada and it's it's coincidental that's happening where we're able to talk to you because it's a real-time example the fires in canada that is nature when people are like this is climate change mm. is like no that's what the world does there's this notion that the world is this one like the earth is this peaceful harmonious kind environment and humans are ruining it and then quite frankly it's the opposite uh when you leave forests unattended for decades because the greens like they've done in in america the greens have made logging impossible they've made forest management impossible um don't touch the forests right climate uh respect the earth you can't do any forest management well when you leave a forest unattended for decades this is what happens and it's what happened in australia two years ago it's what happens in california regularly you know it's one interesting where this doesn't happen and i'm not advocating for this because i believe in private property and and and, uh but where this doesn't happen is is um the 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 
the vestiges of the feudal system in Europe. Because if you're the Duke of Suffolk and you have 40,000 acres, it's your land and you cultivate and protect your land. And they don't have these crazy forest fires in Germany and other places because, because the land is not open to the public. The land is still held by a couple of families. But, but as a result, they don't have this phenomena. So it's so fascinating when people like Justin Trudeau or here in America, Gavin Newsom, the mayor of the governor of California, when they say, you know, we're not allowed to do anything in the forests because we're going to respect them because of climate change. Uh, and then when neglected forests burn, they say, well, it's climate change, right? That's so much easier than saying forest management because, I mean, who runs for office to do forest management? It's boring, right? It's not, it's not like trans issues, right, yeah. which are sexy and fun. <laughs> no one wants to manage forests. It's boring. So you ignore them, and this is the result. Da- Daniel, you're so right, and you're so articulate about this stuff. How did we get here? I mean, because it th- it seems like the radical greens, <laughs> you know, op- op- they operate with impunity. Yeah. Many of these nonprofits that they're a part of are funded by our geopolitical adversaries like China and Russia, who want to fill the void yes. of of American energy exports. And and I saw you say something on Twitter, and not to shock and blast you with a hundred different questions uh, all nested within my comments, but you you're so right about your analysis of Ukraine, and like if you have. A Ukrainian flag in your bio and you are not advocating for American energy independence and drill, baby, drill, then you're a complete moron because, you know, the sanctions on Russia clearly aren't effective. But the best way we could cripple their economy is by shipping natural gas all over the world to dismantle that pillar of their economy and make it hard for them to wage war on Ukraine. I mean, it's it's why. Uh, so my, okay, so I guess my question is twofold. One, how did we get here? And two, yeah. why the hell aren't these massive oil and gas corporations pushing back harder against this agenda? They have the means to do it. So why don't they? Yeah, I think the the first part of your question, how do we get here, is why I agree with you that this is a, a movement rooted in communism, because the communists see everything and they want it. Right. They've never created anything. Mm. They just they just take over what other people have built, whether it's a country, whether it's a university, Um, the fossil fuel industry, the resource development industry, because I would include mining in that. Right. And 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 metallurgic and and metals and mineral mining, et cetera. The the resource development, the extraction industry is the largest, most powerful uh, uh, industry that is still in private hands. And if you are a, a, a true statist, if you believe the, the state should control everything, the way Obama believed the state should run the healthcare industry, if you are a true statist, you cannot rest until that is controlled by the government. And it is that's why every single dictator, when they come to power, one of the first things they do is they nationalize the energy industry. Hugo Chavez did it in 2000 in, in Venezuela. Stalin did it. Hitler did it. Right? They cannot allow such a very important important industry to be in private hands. And so AOC, Bernie Sanders, Sheldon Whitehouse, I mean, these are true statists. So how do we get here? It's that they will never rest until they control this industry. Um, and, and, and how do these groups not fight back enough? It's why I started Power the Future. It's my biggest frustration. I think for too long, 
the industry thought, you know, we're kind of like the oxygen industry. Like you can bash us, but ultimately you need us to survive. And huh. it's, it's, I, I, I use the, um, the Churchill metaphor all the time about appeasing the alligator, right? You've just, hoped yes, that that's that, it, it, Daniel. That's what I was, that's you, what I was thinking about he, as he you're talking you. about this. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. I, but that's exactly the quote that, that I was thinking no. about as you were talking these, these, it feels like a lot of these major companies just rested on their laurels and say, hey, you need us. Uh, so there's nothing you can do to stop us. But in the meantime, as relentless as the left has been and the state has been, I, I mean, now I'm seeing, you know, Exxon Mobil and BP, some of these massive energy conglomerates sort of spewing the talking points of the radical left's agenda, thinking that it will save them in the end. But it won't. Yeah, no. No, it won't. And 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 look at what's happened in just two years when Biden has implemented his his agenda. Um, you know, we talked briefly about Ukraine um, as he declared his war on fossil fuels and said, you know, very proudly, no more drilling, uh, no more, no new oil, no new leases. And he has really, you know, lived up to that to a certain extent. There have been a couple exceptions, but but he's really lived up to that. We've seen inflation go through the roof. Of course, they've tried to blame the Ukraine war and supply chain issues, but ultimately inflation, the price of all goods and services is high because the price of energy is high. We've seen our utility bills go up 30%, um, and that's been a huge problem. We've enriched Russia so much so that when they had a year and a half of high prices, Putin took uh, his wealth and he threw it towards the army and he invaded Ukraine, right? We've made the Saudis the world oil kings again. So now they're deciding, hey, we're going to cut supply a million barrels a day starting in July because they don't care about what America says. They're not worried about America. So you look at all of these things that are happening and you say this is all the result of Biden saying we don't want to support the fossil fuel industry. Like so and and that's so again another example of how this is the communist movement in in a nutshell, just with a new face. If you could resurrect from the depths of hell someone like Chairman Mao and ask him about starving a hundred million people for his great leap forward, he'd still tell you it was good and necessary. Right. Like ultimately wow. it, it was good. And, and, and Stalin would do the same thing. And so Biden looks at the suffering he's inflicted on the American people and he says, yeah, but it's ultimately it's a good thing. Right. It's OK. This, remember, for how long have, have people like the Obama administration talked about European style pricing of oil and gas like this is what they want. And you have to wonder, why do you hate humanity so much? And then you realize, well, they're communists and communists have always hated humanity. Today, I want to talk about something that's been on the minds of many Americans lately, energy independence. With rising energy prices and geopolitical tensions, it's more important than ever for our country to be self-sufficient when it comes to our energy needs. And that's where Deepwell Services comes in. They're a company that's not only dedicated to delivering top-notch services to the oil and gas industry, but they're also committed to the goal of American energy independence. With their cutting edge technology and expert team of professionals, they're helping to unlock new sources of domestic energy and reduce our dependence on foreign oil. But that's not all. Deepwell Services is also a great American company that's hiring like crazy right now. And they're not just looking for anyone. They're seeking out talented and hardworking individuals who want to join their team and make a difference. 
And with competitive salaries and benefits, it's a great opportunity to not only work for a patriotic company, but also build a rewarding career in the energy sector. So if you're looking for a job with purpose and meaning, or if you're simply passionate about American energy independence, then you should definitely check out Deepwell Services. Visit their website at deepwellservices.com to learn more about their company and career opportunities. Yeah, it's so interesting because if you truly cared about the environment and having a responsible energy policy, then you would embrace the market-based innovation. Like I'm from Western Pennsylvania, like we've got Marcellus Shale here, like what we've been able to do here in this state, reduce our carbon emissions every year for the last 20 years to a standard that's better than than what's set forth in even the Paris Climate Accords. And oh, by the way, like when you know, look at mm-hmm. even just like when President Trump was in office, I mean, gas was like a buck 82 a gallon. And in some places it was cheaper. Our enemies like Russia, like their their economy is completely, completely crippled. The Saudis were actually taking our calls because we were a power broker you know, in the actual energy industry and they respected us more. Um, and what I can't wrap my mind around is that, well, like if, if you look at it through the lens of, you know, the radical green movement is is communism just with a different name, like none of the science backs up any of the things that they're saying. I mean, these crazy greens have been like making one wild climate predicament after the next for like what the last 50 years. And first yeah. it was, it was global cooling and then it was global warming. And since like those two things didn't come to fruition, now it's climate change. Like there's a history of them being wrong, you know? And, but, but how do they get away with continuing to foist this propaganda on the american people is it just because and and like why do these media companies allow it to happen i mean you know like i I just can't understand you know unless the end game is communism and that's it Mm. like how none of the science backs up the things that they're saying no, it's why they have to believe in science, right? Science requires an act of mm. faith when you're a leftist because um, it's not based in actual science, right? So they'll tell you about the consensus. Well, th- there's nothing more unscientific than consensus. That's that's politics. That's democracy and voting. Um, you know, we don't have consensus about the molecules that make up water. We have fact. And, and so they tell you to believe in science. And again, let's go back to the COVID world when you said – Okay, well, I have to stand six feet apart from these people, you know, in the in the in the jet bridge. But then when I sit down, I'm going to be shoulder to shoulder with them for three hours. So why do I have to stand six feet apart right now? And if you ask that, they would kick you off the plane and you were on the no fly list. And you'd say, well, this is this is the result of believing in science. Why does the media go along with it? Look at the Associated Press very proudly got an eight million dollar grant to cover climate stories. Now, I've asked them if I could give them an $8 million and $1 grant to cover fossil fuel stories. They don't return my calls, but they took an $8 million <laughs> grant for the sole purpose of pushing climate stories. So our our enemies are very, very good at, at pushing propaganda, and, and they do, right? The curriculum is, is pushed by the left. The, the, it's the in vogue thing to do right now is to be a climate leftist and, and to applaud each other. Um, but yeah, there is no scientific. And you know, here's just a simple example of it. We need to get rid of fossil fuels. We need to go to uh, wind and solar. Great. Well, wind and solar are made from fossil fuels. So actually, you use more fossil fuels to create wind and solar 
to make electricity than if you just burned those fossil fuels directly to make electricity. So where's the scientific benefit? Where's the savings? Where's the – and if you ask that to them, they say, well, you're just a climate denier. And it's like, okay, so we're, we're in tautology world. And, and it's just absolute nonsense. So ultimately it comes down to, yeah, political agendas. Either you are vested in – the wind and solar industry, which a lot of these groups are. Jennifer Granholm, the Secretary of Energy, has millions of dollars in stock in green energy companies, as does Pete Buttigieg, as does most of the Biden administration. Right, So you're either financially vested in this or you just have this personal statist belief. Like I said, Bernie Sanders, the AOCs, the true believers of communism who are admittedly socialists. You just true in your heart believe the government needs to be in charge of this. They they don't have faith in in, in humanity, in private property, in 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 free markets, and so that's why they are relentless in their fight. I what I keep coming back to is that if if they are successful in their mission, Daniel, it, it effectively wipes out freedom as we know it as we be- we become accustomed to in this country for the last 200 plus years i mean if they're successful in removing gas natural gas stoves and we go to all electric and all electric cars and maybe electricity is now heating your home because you don't have natural gas being pumped into your home to heat your home well all the government has to do is flip a switch to turn off people's power their exactly. ability to cook their ability to drive anytime that they step out of line so just like to your point about hey you can't question why on an airplane you can't question covid on an airplane and how the policy doesn't make sense because you get kicked off uh the airplane and be added to the no fly list it's, it's almost much in the same way you know the government can control everything that you do, that you say, they don't like your social media posts, so you're not going to be able to start your oven for a week. I mean, it it seems like this is a precursor to you know, a Chinese social credit system. It is. And that's so you've, you've raised so many great points, but let's go with the last one, which was China. Um, the environmental left, our, our members of Congress on the left will tell you all the time that China is leading the world with electric vehicles. And they are. More electric vehicles by far, not just because they have a larger population, but but the vast majority of electric vehicle per capita uh, sales and, and use is in in China. Why? Well, there's two very, very clear reasons. One, China does not have a domestic oil supply. So China is smart enough to say, um, if I need to import 20 million barrels a day, mostly from the United States and from, they buy a lot from Russia, but they buy it from the world oil markets. That's a huge vulnerability because they could cut us off. So Mm. we need to put our people in electric vehicles. And secondly, the electric vehicles is the social credit system. So if you are acting poorly, if you have done something wrong, they can shut it down. So much so, and let's not knock Elon too much because I like what he's doing on Twitter. But Elon Musk, mm-hmm. famous little story, um, did have a tiff with a Tesla employee who kept posting YouTube videos about Tesla. He asked them to stop. The Tesla employee said, this is my private time and my private use, and I'm going to continue to do it. And Elon finally turned off his Tesla. And the guy said, I went that morning and tried to get in, and the machine didn't work. And then you realize the fine print, when you buy the machine – Yes, you buy the the $60,000, that machinery is yours, but the technology, the software is always Tesla's. Just the way YouTube can kick you out of your account and Facebook can shut you down, Tesla can shut you down. And that guy was shut out of his Tesla. He had a $60,000 piece of metal sculpture 
in his driveway. And you say, well, huh, the fossil fuel industry can't necessarily do that, right? I mean, gas cars are, one, we don't have to worry about the electric grid, and two, we don't have to worry about getting shut out of our system. So there's an autonomy in that that is thoroughly American, thoroughly beautiful, that the autonomy of the fossil fuel car, but now you kind of see why the statists love electric vehicles, because they that you are you're not reliant on the fossil fuel industry, which is in the private hands. You're relying on government because our electric grid comes from the government. And you know what? If Sean Parnell is acting up and we don't like the things he's saying, maybe he doesn't get to drive his car that day. Maybe his electricity was turned off for 24 hours until he deletes that tweet. And that is a very scary prospect, but that's genuinely happening. Well, and they did it during COVID, like you said. Like, if you looked at some of the people out in California that maybe, like, bucked the system and said, you know what, I don't believe any of this crap. I'm a free American. I'm going to I'm gonna have people over to my house, or I'm going to allow my kids to play outside. You saw the government in California turning off water and turning off electric at, a home, at homes that yep. didn't comply. And when you look at, you know, you can't, it's, you're yep. not supposed to even talk about this stuff, but if you look at how the Democrats desire control and how they pervert and corrupt every institution, if they controlled, you know, the energy sector completely and the oil and gas industry completely, they would 100% weaponize it. Like, look at, like, even in Democrat primaries, I mean, Democrats essentially rig their own primaries through a superdelegate system. Everything to them is about control and it seems like this this is why this is why this discussion daniel is is so important to me because i think it's the last frontier it's 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 one of the last few remaining battles that we have to win because you know being energy independent and embracing fossil fuels i mean frankly like in all of the above energy strategy would would work for me but let's not let's not pursue green energy at the expense of oil natural gas and even in some places coal you know because if you drive through western pennsylvania and you actually care about the people of this state and by the way many of whom are you know blue collar union democrats that come from a blue collar union democrat family and in fact, there's a tweet that's pinned to your profile right now on your Twitter that, that shows one of those dilapidated towns that blew away after the coal industry was decimated in their area. Drive 20 minutes through western Pennsylvania in the country and you'll see five or six towns just like that. These the things that the radical left are doing yeah. hurt people. They and, and the the energy policy they're pursuing and then look look no further than to California, Daniel, where they have rolling blackouts in the summer. And now they're talking about, I think I just saw, I read a headline the other day about how we might have blackouts in certain areas of the country throughout the summer because they're over-reliant on windmills and and solar. It it just, it's all of this is just so crazy to me that people buy into this at all. And, and, and the ones who suffer the most um, when these blackouts happen are the very people the left claims to care about. Um, in 2021, wow. New York was having a heat wave in the middle of August. The electric grid couldn't compete. They have to make the human decision of shutting off certain areas of the grid to protect its overall integrity. And what neighborhoods <laughs> did they shut off? They shut off poor, predominantly black neighborhoods in, in Brooklyn. The Upper West Side was fine. The Upper East Side, Soho, Tribeca, the cool neighborhoods. No one talks about that. When Gavin Newsom does this in California, regularly, you never hear a Kardashian say how they lost power, right? You never hear Silicon Valley talk about how their grid was shut off. It's nameless, 
powerless, voiceless people who who always suffer. And to show this is true bipartisan stupidity, because it is, I mean, Texas is, is almost leading the charge when it comes to wind. Texas Republicans have bought into the lie that wind power works just as well as, as fossil fuels. They've shut down a tremendous amount of coal plants, and they've put up hundreds of thousands of acres of wind turbines. But when they had those terrible winter storms in 2021, the wind turbines all were shut down because that's what happens in the freezing rain. And close to 700 people froze to death in their homes that night. And and they weren't 700 politicians' kids, right? They weren't 700 famous, cool Austin hipsters who, who have, you know, organic yogurt bars, right? They were 700 powerless, voiceless, nameless people. And we all say, oh, that's too bad. Wow, that's tragic. 700 people died. Um, but 700 people died because Republicans in Texas shut down reliable coal, reliable natural gas because the government threw hundreds of millions of dollars at them for wind turbines. And I got to tell you, Sean, if Republicans in Texas, the fossil fuel capital of the world, if Republicans in Texas will buy into the green lies, then then all of America is absolutely doomed because wind does not work. Solar does not work. I um, mean, we can get into that conversation as well, but th- they don't. And anyone who tries to pretend they do is talking politics. They're not talking engineering, science, uh, uh, hydrocarbons, etc. So it's it, the failures of these systems. The, the pain it inflicts on people is, is, is tremendous. And, and we're also supposed to just pretend that it's not happening. Again, likening it to COVID. The, the, the damage we inflicted on, on millions of people, children who still can't speak and read and write properly. But we're not supposed to talk about that because there was the greater good that the state wanted. And that's all we should focus on. God, man, Daniel, you're so good at this. And I mean, I, I meet very few people that can articulate themselves like you and not just that and understand the actual industry. And if you spent I come from an energy family, you know, my father um, worked in nuclear energy for the Navy and helped build reactors for on aircraft carriers and on our nuclear submarines. And he talked all the time growing up about that and the importance of energy. And, and you know, we saw. We saw coal fired power plants in the state of Pennsylvania. You know, we saw them rather than go out of business, innovate and transition their plants to be able to produce natural gas. And they were wildly mm-hmm. successful doing it. And I, I'm so glad that you talked about that. I mean, there are so many different components to a why. American energy dominance is so important, but how it disproportionately affects lower income families is so important and it's and it's not talked about enough you you talked about just like the government shutting off power to poor neighborhoods when the grid can't tolerate it but it's like if you are spending more to fill up your car with gasoline and companies are spending more you know to ship commodities to grocery stores all of that costs more um who does that affect the most i mean when when you know, yeah. when it costs fifteen hundred dollars a month to heat your home, uh, because you maybe you're you've got all electric heat, you know, and you're making two thousand dollars a month maybe as someone who's a lower income single mom who's trying to provide for her kids. How it it doesn't affect the multimillionaires. They they live their life, uh, no. you know, with no impact whatsoever. But it affects the very people in the towns that they shut down in the first place. And the less response is, ah, oh, you know what? Those coal miners who, by the way, you know, like 
people who've been working in the energy industry, and I'm, I'm, I know that you know this, these are legacy type jobs. I mean, a lot of these yeah. coal miners were coal miners because their father and grandfather were coal miners before them. It's just what they do. And then the left just turns around and says, especially in your region of the world, especially in Absolutely. your part of the world, it's legacy families. Absolutely. And I'm sick and tired of the left pretending to represent these lower income families. Uh, and they're the ones that are hurting them the most in the first place. And I, Daniel, I got to ask you, how did so where do you where do you come from and how did you get into all of this? I was I mean, your, you've your got a standard, story tell, I'm from New York City me. originally. <laughs> uh, I'm from New York City originally. I've been in in the D.C. world for for two decades doing your standard D.C. political stuff from campaigns to PR to et cetera, et cetera. And around four years ago, uh, five years ago, when I started this organization, these battles were really bothering me. The lies of the environmental left and really more than anything else, the damage that it was doing to rural communities. And I also then, you know, moved out to rural Virginia. I, I started my my sheep farm. So I started to identify a little more with rural values than than urban values. But I got so tired of the the lies the environmental left told, not just about climate change, but the lies they told about the fossil fuel industry. And the disdain that they had for them. I remember one of my, my tipping points was when I saw um, Michael Bloomberg uh, with Christine Lagarde, the head of the, uh, of the IMF, I believe. And she, they were at some Bilderberg conference, you know, wearing goat heads and sacrificing animals, <laughs> whatever they do with those weird conferences. And, and, and he was talking about the coal industry in particular. And he said something that I'll never forget. And your, your, your wonderful audience can find it on YouTube. He said, um, you know, we can find something else for them to do. Um, but he talked about how their jobs have to end. And I thought, boy, there's so much to unpack there. Like we, the cool ones on stage, the powerful, rich ones, we can find something else Right. Because it, it, it's, you know, I don't care that this is their legacy, their their culture, their 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 love for the, their dignity. It's like, no, I can just find something else. Learn to code. Right. That's basically yeah. it. This disdain <laughs> yes. they have for rural values. And so I, I felt like I had to jump in the fray. And just the way you've run for office and you're jumping in the fray with what you do, I felt like I couldn't be a sideliner. And so I wanted to start an organization that I didn't have to be tethered by um donors and shareholders and members, you know, these the huge trade associations in DC, a lot of times, yeah, and, and I'll even cut Exxon Mobil and, and BP some, some slack here. A lot of times their corporate comms and VP of compliance people say, you know what, if we just shut up and write a million dollar check, they're not going to throw any more bricks through our window. So let's just mm -hmm. do that. And, and it's, it's the wrong idea, but I can't understand it. I can understand that you just you don't want to deal with this. Try to buy them off. But you can't buy off the communists. Right. And so I wanted to start an organization right. that I could say the things that needed to be said without fear of being canceled, without fear of being told, hey, whoa, 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 you you, you, you really can't say that because I, I do believe we're fighting. We're fighting the forces of evil. The fossil fuel industry has made life 
better, right? Just like I was saying that, you know, those, those fires are what happens in nature. Um, um, it, unless you control nature, what, what, what happens, uh, uh, in the world is an awful place. Being alive is terrible, but fossil fuels have given us medicines and air conditioning and movement and cultivation of food and rubber and plastic. I'm wearing contact lenses and this microphone and <laughs> the fossil fuel industry and the economy it built has given us dignity and life expectancy as grown and and we're not dying of dysentery at 22 like people did not very long ago and so i don't see this industry as something that is bad for the earth i see it as something that is wonderful for humanity and the earth is adapting absolutely fine and and it needed some defenders and so i jumped in the fray to defend because they are relentless and if we don't defeat them they're never going to to stop and and you know D-Day was a couple of weeks ago. John Kerry likened D-Day to our battle for climate change. I liken D-Day to my battle against communists like John Kerry. They're the ones who are destroying humanity and they need to be stopped. Man, you're getting me fired up, man. I, I completely agree. <laughs> and, you know, I first of all, I, I love it. I love what you're doing. You know, it, it's incredible. And I just think like, part of the problem i think you spoke directly to part of the problem and what i'd like to see happen are the, a lot of these oil and gas companies i feel like especially the big titans they should they should be investing in you know the the cities inner cities or trade schools where we can mm. educate our youth about everything that you just said because the reality is, is what I noticed very clearly, a lot of these young kids, many of whom are conservative, they're, they're, they, they're brought up through school to be taught that fossil fuels are going to run out or that they're somehow bad or, or they just they just have like a, yeah. an association. Fossil fuels bad. We've got to change that. And, you know, you, it, there's a company that's right here at Deepwell. It's it's an amazing company. It's a small oil and gas company headquartered here in Zelianople. They helped me sponsor this podcast. Um, but they're they, you know, if you were able to go into the inner city and say to kids like, listen, you come out, you don't even have to go to college and and you know talk to parents. Hey, if you don't want your kid indoctrinated in college because that all that's what's going to happen, you know, they can go work at a small company like Deepwell and in their first year make fifty grand a year. And then after five years, make 250 grand. It's tough work, but yeah. it gives people the sense of upward mobility. And why, I guess what I'm, what I'm building to is why can't we invest in programs like that, that go out to the community, community engagement and try to educate people on why fossil fuels are so important and why, if we want to continue to be free and, and live exceptional lives why don't we invest more in an educational proponent yeah um and and we do this at the state level um i'm i'm the head of this organization but our our most effective work is is at the state level i would love to have someone in pennsylvania one day who's this is their whole mission uh, is outreach to the people of pennsylvania 500,000 people work in 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 uh um in in oil and gas and coal in in pennsylvania and you got to figure those mm -hmm. 500,000 people a lot of them are guys a lot of them are married a lot of them have brothers and moms and dads so when you add all those people together i mean you've run campaigns and you know how to do this type of, you know, like digital outreach. When you add all those numbers together, you're talking about a really large group of people. 
that you need to vote as a block and that you need to uh, advocate as a block and say, we're not going to lose these, these important jobs in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania um, because our legislature wants to jump in bed with the Greens. Um, so I'd love to have someone in, 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 in the great Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, but this is what we're trying to do is absolutely outreach at the local level. The, the, the Biden administration right now is talking a lot about environmental justice and they're targeting the inner city community. <laughs> What, what's the most racist thing you could do than, than, than force these folks into higher electric bills, less reliable grids, right? Like how much, how much more, less dignity are we going to afford these people by, by convincing them that, you know, if you trust the government, we'll protect you from the big, bad fossil fuel industry, whereas the only way those, a lot of those communities rise out of poverty is through starting a small business. But you can't start a small business if you can't afford the electricity. You can't start a small business if you, you know, can't afford to ship your goods and, and, and services. And all of that requires inexpensive energy. And it's why in 2019, we had the best economy on on record. Um, because oil, you said gas was under $2 a gallon. Nationally, it was. Oil was at $50 a barrel. It's now you know $35 cheaper, more expensive now, or $30 more. Um, and and since, since energy was so inexpensive, you had surplus cash to buy things to travel it was the record year for hotels record years for retail record year for uh, for restaurant associations um why because life was cheap and americans they don't save enough i'll give them that but when they have cash they spend it <laughs> but no one has cash right now because you're paying 30 percent more for your electricity and it's just going to get higher and higher and higher and higher and and when people say well are we going to be bankrupt america going to be destroyed no but we're going to have the roaring economy of Spain. And, and I don't want to be Spain. And, and people are like, don't knock on Spain. That is a knock on Spain. I don't want to be a mediocre quasi-socialist nation where the vast majority of our 35-year-old men are sitting at a coffee shop debating soccer, right? And that is the European mentality. And that's why Americans, they go and they scratch their head and they're like, does anyone here work? Like, how are you yeah. all just sitting at a cafe at noon on a Tuesday? Because the state gives them a ton of money and 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 they have a large, they have a a, 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 a laziness a a complacency and they're insignificant on the world stage and that's not america we've never been an insignificant country and that's what we will lose and we will lose it to china who will be the world's dominant they're already winning our cultural wars right disney can't make a movie without kissing xi jinping's rear end right they're winning our athletic wars uh, heck, the Saudis are winning our golf wars. So so we're already <laughs> losing some of our cultural things. Why? Because the Saudis are out buying us with their oil money and the Chinese are out buying us because we're buying all their stupid, ineffective wind and solar panels. And so so we're we're making our our adversaries, our enemies replace us. It's mind boggling. Wow. Wow. I mean. Daniel, it, it, to your point, and and then I'll I'll let you go. But if if the people that are listening that are, are watching in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, if you think that these increasing costs aren't going to affect you, well, uh, the Reggie, the Regional Greenhouse Gas Initiative, is at the Pennsylvania Supreme Court, like unilaterally imposed by then Governor Wolf and then now Governor Shapiro. People are saying that that's going to increase costs. Your electric bills, thirty six percent, and that that is. Yeah significant it's oppressive and this is the future that they want for you all and um 
Daniel, so you got to tell me what what can we do? And I'll tell you anytime you need anything from me, anytime you oh want to come gosh. on this show or you need my support, <laughs> I don't care what it takes. Like, I'm completely 100 percent on board with your mission uh, there in the trenches with you, whatever I can do. But how can other people help you and where can they find you? I mean, you can you can email me, Daniel, at powerthefuture.com. You can follow me on social or just go to powerthefuture.com. You can ask me questions. You can invite me to speaking opportunities. I'm in Wyoming right now because I'm speaking at the Wyoming Coal uh, Mining Association. Um, you know, I'd love to speak to younger people more and do really hard Q&A on, on climate issues. Uh, you know, ask me your tough questions because I think I can answer them in a, in a fun and friendly way. If, if, if you want to do some, I mean, I'd, I'd go to Pennsylvania in a heartbeat to do a live event with you with any of your followers. When you emailed me and asked in. me or DM'd me, I, I mean, my gut reaction, I was like, I was excited like when, when Greg Brady met John Drysdale, uh, and I was a total fanboy. <laughs> but then I was like, actually, like no, I was more like when Marsha Brady met Davy Jones. I was so excited. I was like, oh my god, I got an email from Sean Parnell. So I was very. Wait, why, why all the Bra- so, why all the Brady Bunch references? Why where are the Brady-, Brady Bunch? I'm I'm not I'm not that old, but you know I'm the youngest of a big family, and all my older siblings watched it when I was a kid. So I watched the reruns, and I was a huge Brady Bunch fan. So I mean, anything to do with with talking to folks about these issues anything to do with you, I would welcome the opportunity because they're so important to our economy, our dignity as humans, our, our well-being, our prosperity, um, and American greatness. I mean, they're all tied together. And world peace. They're all tied together because of, 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 of American energy. And that's why we have to fight for it. And I am just thrilled to be on camera with you. I've been a big fan for a long time, so really, it's 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 very cool to to, to sit across from you. <laughs> well, hey, the, the believe me, the feeling is mutual. Uh, you, you used to go on uh, Tim Pool, right, and talk about this stuff on Timcast. Did you ever go on that? Show? Sure, been on Tim a lot. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, way back in the day. Yeah, when I used to do his show, he's like, I got to get you on with with Daniel Turner. I got to get you on with him. And I'm like, I love that guy. I would love to do it. We Unfortunately, we, were, we weren't able to make it work. But um, I would love to continue to 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 fight this fight with you, man. And so anytime you want to come up to Pennsylvania and do an event or anything like that, I'm completely in. So thank you. I appreciate yeah, God that. bless yeah, you, man. And, and, you know what? We need voices like yours, and that's why you're the you know the threat against democracy. It's why they go after you so hard. Because when you start, you know, and if it was not energy, if it was the trans issue, if it's not the trans issue, it's the COVID issue. Whatever it is, not the prevailing narrative. The voices that that try to just ask thoughtful and engaging questions and make people think for themselves and show them what's at risk. You're the threat to democracy. They have to come after you. They have to try to destroy you. And that's why we need to stand together. And I will stand by your side anytime, Sean. Yeah, likewise, man. I feel the same way. And and Daniel, Daniel Turner, everybody, uh, thank you for, for coming on the show. And anytime you want to come back, you just let me know. Thanks, brother. Thank you. It means a lot. Thank you. All right. Take care, Daniel. All right, everybody. That is Daniel Turner, the CEO of Power the Future. He's a pretty incredible guy. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Dude is ridiculously smart. Um, while you're at it, be sure to go and subscribe and listen to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to subscribe to my Rumble or YouTube channel where you can watch the actual episode live. Uh, there'll be lots of future and exclusive content there. I'm super excited about that. And also, I just wanted to say thank you. Um, Battleground Podcast 
on Instagram, just crossed over 70,000 followers on my page. We primarily promote the podcast there and drive traffic to Rumble, YouTube, and, and Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts from my Instagram page. So excited about that. And that's a big deal for me because we started out at the beginning of the year with about 38,000 um, followers on Instagram. Now we're up over 73,000, I think. Absolutely crazy. Um, it's a true testament to you and your support. And I am endlessly grateful for it. Um, don't forget to check out officialshawnparnell.com. Again, you see this t-shirt that I'm wearing right now. This is the Battleground Crest right here. Um, we're rolling out a lot of cool apparel over the next year. Um, we've got two t-shirts on there right now. Um, I think you'll really dig them. And we're rolling out a bunch of designs for women as well. So stay tuned. Lots of exciting stuff. Um, but none of it's possible without you, as always. Thank you for watching this show. Never quit, never surrender. God bless you all, and God bless this amazing country that we live in. Take care. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe ventilation system exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe ventilation system. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.